Welcome to the Beyond Stuck podcast with Coletta Jones-Patterson, where we feature guests who have overcome the odds and have gotten unstuck. In their words, they share with us practical insight and tips on how to go beyond stuck and enjoy life. On today's episode, our guest is Chalessa Jones-Reddy. Chalessa is a speaker, strategist, and coach whose message ignites, stirs, and invites personal change. She is founder of the Limitless Lifestyle brand and co-founder of Move You Forward LLC, an organization dedicated to equipping individuals, couples, and companies to leave mediocrity for higher levels of success. Growing up in Northwest Arkansas, she became the first African-American female to graduate from her high school in 1995. She then attended Tougaloo College, where she graduated summa cum laude and earned a Bachelor of Arts degree in both English and political science. She went on to receive a Juris Doctorate degree from the William H. Bowen School of Law at the University of Arkansas, Little Rock. Chalessa is the author of Living the Limitless Life and co-author of the five-week marriage tune-up devotional. In addition, she has completed the editorial work on a number of books, including Gospel Music, The Sound of Hope, written by her father, the late Dr. Eddie W. Jones, whom she considers her hero. Chalessa is a licensed attorney, ordained minister, and holds certificates in biblical counseling and life coaching. She is also a part of Prison Fellowship and the teaching staff at Hope Women's Center in Phoenix, Arizona. Chalessa is an avid runner, having completed marathons, half marathons, and shorter races in various states. Most recently, she took up the challenge to run 1,000 miles in one year. Chalessa has been happily married since 2000 and currently resides in Phoenix, Arizona with her husband and their three children. Thank you, Chalessa, for joining me in this episode of Beyond Stuck. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. I'm excited too and excited to see, um, to hear more about your story. And I know our listeners are in for a treat. Well, first of all, let's kind of jump right in and tell me, how would you define stuck? Stuck. Well, in my own words, and let me go back just a minute. I do want to thank you for that beautiful introduction, Coletta. It's a pleasure and an honor to be on your show and to share a little bit about my story. And so when I think about being stuck, I think about being in a place where uh, you are immovable or perhaps you've tried everything you can or know how to try at that particular point and find that your efforts have yielded no fruit. Stuck can also apply when we are simply in cycles of behavior which have caused us to go around the same mountain over and over and over, whether that relates to our relationships and we find ourselves always with the same guy who ends up not being any good for us or not moving us forward, or whether that's in our career, whether it's with our family. But in those ways, we just find our cyclical uh, behavioral pattern. And so that can also be stuck. Um, Then, of course, there's situations where stuck can mean something has happened to you suddenly. It was tragic and of such um, magnitude that it's taken your breath away and you find that your voice 
has been silenced and you don't you just don't know what to do to move forward. Wow, those are all really good definitions. Just being stuck, producing no fruit or finding yourself in a cycle of behavior where you're going on and on, but not really getting anywhere. Or maybe a tragedy just hits out of nowhere and literally takes your breath away. Um, in what ways have you found that maybe you were stuck and how long did you find yourself in that place? <laughs> well, that's a bit of a loaded question, but I will share um, a, a, a story that uh, specifically can relate to being stuck. And the reason why I say a piece is because to me, you can be stuck um, in multiple areas of your life at different times. So um, as we mm -hmm. move forward, for instance, you can move forward in one area. Let's say you're doing well in work, but you find yourself stuck in your relationships. So um, as it relates to my story, when I was in my early 30s, I was sexually assaulted by um, my boss. And so that particular incident caused me to go into a state of behavior and a state of being where I would say I was stuck. My voice mm -hmm. um, had been silenced because of that. It was something that was traumatic and tragic. I looked up, I didn't know what to do. And I know for some that sounds ridiculous. You know, how do you not know what to do? Um, but it was because it was unexpected. Um, I just looked up and, you know, I just, my world was coming down around me. You know, first of all, how could this happen to me? Uh, what should my next steps be here? I, I work for this company. I want my job. I was married at the time happily. And so then there was, what do I do? What do I share? How do I communicate what's happened to me to my husband? And so I made a lot of mistakes as a result of that happening to me. Um, and so, like I said, I just entered into a destructive cycle of behavior where I stopped living. And in essence, I picked up multiple identities just based on the situation or the circumstance in which I found myself. And so that would be something that I was stuck. And the interesting is that I became or I got to the point after I finally severed ties with that job and with that particular individual, um, I found myself still comfortably stuck, if that can make sense, because, well, even though I don't like where I am, um, at least it's familiar. And I think mm -hmm. some of our listeners can relate to what I'm talking about. You know, you don't really care for where you are, but it has become comfortable simply because it's familiar. And so I found that during that time, I was still busy, but busyness should never be confused with productivity. Was I living my life fully? Um, was I living by God's design? Did I have the joy of life at that time? And I would say no. And in the areas in which you know, I, I had my children, um, and we were still doing things together. I, you know, we, I was still going to church. I was still ministering at this time. It had been dulled and my light had been dimmed. And I really did not even realize it because, again, I was comfortably stuck. Yeah. 
Thank you so much for sharing um, so much, you know, that part of your story. I'm sure that's, you know, probably not easy to say. And um, knowing that your voice was silenced for, you know, so long and um, that you felt like you had literally stopped living. And I think that's a good point because a lot of us do stop living because of tragedy or something has just, you know, come out of nowhere and we don't know what to do. And so we just get used to waking up every day, trying to get in a routine, staying busy, thinking that keeps our mind going so that we really don't have to deal with a lot of the deeper emotion and answering those hard questions that would really um, pull us out of that and help us move forward. But because we are kind of stuck, we just don't know what to do. And so, like you said, um, the familiarity just becomes your friend, you know, just having that sense of comfort. Mm -hmm. And so what is it that for you was your breaking point to kind of pull you out of what was so comfortable and so familiar. So you weren't caught up in the cycle of just busyness, but not being fulfilled and not living out your purpose. What was that moment for you? My dad passed. And when he died, I think the tremendous grief I experienced and the sadness, um, alerted me to the point that I needed to begin to work on my emotional well-being. There is a tendency for those who are Christ followers and consider themselves Christians, there's this tendency in our church world to act like everything is okay, despite having experienced um, pain, hurt, and tragedy. We, We tend not to want to edify that by even articulating that it's there, but there's uh, proclivity to sweep it under the rug to say that we've prayed about it and then it's done and it's over and now we understand there's great power and healing in God and in our relationship with him but sometimes I think we allow the process uh, to go too quickly or I should say we don't even engage in the healing process that's there mm-hmm. and available for us instead we simply use our words to mask the emotional pain beneath and try to say we're, we're just going to keep moving forward. And so that very much identified and articulates the, the space where I found myself until that point. And I had just had my youngest son um, a week before my dad suddenly passed. And so I was face to face with, you know, this tremendous grief and also understanding you know, there's something that hasn't been right for a long time inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, even after that realization, though, it would take me some time to do what was necessary to begin to come out of that space. But mm-hmm. I would say that perhaps that was the emotional trigger that I needed to at least get me to the point where my eyes uh, could recognize and be open to hey, girl, you don't have it all together, (laughs) despite how you may feel sometimes and despite the appearance and the mask on, you do not have it all together. That's so good, because I think a lot of times as women, we are so good at putting the mask on and 
wearing the makeup and just trying to shield ourselves from the truth and having to answer those hard questions and reach out for help Mm -hmm. when we don't know what to do. And especially in church circles or um, when we're women of faith, we just feel like, oh, you know, um, it's just going to happen out of the sky. You know, I'm just going to keep praying for a miracle. And one day I'm going to wake up different. And that is not true. It requires work on our part. And so I'm so glad that you've mentioned that point that you had to realize that you needed to work on you, that you had some emotional scars that needed healing and, and figuring out how to go through that process. Um, so how did you go through that process of, of actually getting unstuck and realizing that this was not a life that you wanted to continue to live? Oh, yes. I remember the when um, my pastor announced, and at this time we were in San Antonio attending um, New Creation Christian Fellowship under the um, pastorate of uh, Bishop David Michael Copeland and Pastor Claudette Copeland. And mm-hmm. Pastor C, as we called her, was having uh, and beginning retreats. And so I was invited to be a part of that, and they only accepted a certain number. In on the very end because um, because of a number of different things, but uh, I saw that as an opportunity, and I didn't even know why I was going. I just knew I needed to be there um, because, again, mm-hmm. I was still very much of that mind frame that well, you'll you'll be okay, you know, just walk it out and it'll be okay. Even though I realized there was more work that needed to be done to attach what needed to be done to the words healing or emotional, uh, seems still in my psyche to sound like there's something wrong with you. And mm-hmm. I, I wasn't quite ready to embrace that truth. <laughs> so anyway, mm-hmm. I, and I end up going um, and it was just what I needed. Um, intimate settings, in-depth focus on, you know, our different emotional states. But I left that um, <sighs> differently. I went in one way and I left the baggage behind other Mm -hmm. parts. It began a journey and a process um, to begin to heal those spaces in my life that had been broken, that needed um, to be strengthened, that needed to be made whole. And the first indication that something was changed was when I opened the door Um, upon arriving home and my kids came to greet me and for the first time I felt myself true like from deep within and that's when I knew something has changed and I was so glad um, that I had gone to that retreat and I think that one important thing for uh, individuals to understand whether they're male or female young or old you have to reach out for help. And, you know, that mm-hmm. came my way, um, but I grabbed a hold of it because something said you need to be there. And so if I, if I were to give advice on how to get unstuck, I would share, reach out for help. When you know that all is not well, and this does not necessarily mean um, severely not well. It just simply means that perhaps you've just not been taking care of your emotional and mental health the way that you should. Mm-hmm. Uh, reach out for help, whether that's accountability, whether it's having um, a counselor in your life. Um, I'm a counselor and I very much enjoy 
journey with people as I process the different things that have happened in their lives. And it's just an amazing um, opportunity for them to make progress. And so for me, I was making progress for the first time so that I was no longer that, that young woman who had been raped in her 30s, but now I could embrace the future fully, wholeheartedly, and move forward. That is so good. Um, reach out for help. And that's something that we as women, I believe, don't do enough of. We feel like we can be a superwoman. We've got it all together. We've got to put our mask on and pretend like we're perfect. And that's just not the case. And we weren't um, created to have to do that. I mean, we were created to be in community with people, to be in fellowship with others and to reach out for help and to have others take that journey with us, that journey of healing or whatever the journey is that we, that we're on. So I'm so glad that you shared that, that we do need to make sure that we reach out for help and know that we are not alone. And when we can do that, that's when the progress begins. Um, so you did share some advice um, for our listeners just in being able to reach out for help and embracing the truth of needing healing or whatever it is. But what are some things that you can look at in your life now and know that it's different because you've gone beyond stuck because you made those decisions to get unstuck and to get the help that you needed? I think one of the greatest things that we need, period, as human beings is um, this inward desire to never give up. And that already rests within us. Uh, Some of us, it's easier uh, for us to tap into that power than for others, Mm -hmm. but we all possess this never give up, be relentless type of attitude. Uh, One of my signatures, and you shared about it in that beautiful interview, is my Limitless Lifestyle brand because I believe that everyone has the potential to operate and to be in a limitless capacity once we begin to take um, sometimes self-inflicted limitations off of our. And so I would say as, you know, when we're talking about moving forward and we're talking about getting unstuck, uh, dig down deep and, and resource access that um, ability and that power that you already possess that says, no, I can't give up. I won't give up. Uh, if you don't feel it, if you don't sense it, then use your mouth and, t- and say it out loud that I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to die in this mm-hmm. place. There is more mm-hmm. for me. I can do more. I will do more. And I won't stay here. And that's uh, many times those positive affirmations. When we hear those spoken out loud and we're using our own mouth to say them, it- brings that authority and that strength that we need in order to move forward. So how did I know that life was different? I told you about being able to laugh the first time, but um, another way is that the fear, and I've always uh, fought with fear. I know some, some other people listening, (laughs) they, they, they Mm -hmm. know what I'm talking about. You know, you experience fear for, for even minor things, you know? Um, And so that had all, I've always felt that even when I was younger, just was now the average person wouldn't know, but I knew it. And that doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. I didn't act. It just means that I was fighting fear. And so Mm -hmm. I learned over time to act despite the fear that I might feel or despite the anxiety. So now I find that 
the more you do something fearless, the more you begin to act with it. Makes sense. So one of the pieces mm-hmm. of advice that I often give to my counselees is do something fearless every day. Start with something small that causes you some anxiety. And as you begin to practice doing, despite how you feel, you'll find Mm -hmm. yourself growing and maturing and developing. And so that's key in life because we will always have emotions, but we have to develop the skill of being able to act in spite of how we feel. So I attack my day. That's one thing that we can do, you know, speak nations, but attack your day. And if you know that you struggle with fear or anxiety or depression or whatever it might be, then attack your day beginning with that. Speak affirmations that, that directly combat that. And then I act Mm -hmm. in spite of it. So I found myself, you know, doing things that previously I thought I couldn't do, you know, and it's amazing Mm -hmm. how many things you think about writing a book. I remember being in high school and there was a young lady in my senior class literature um, course who knew she was going to be a writer. And that amazed me because I thought, how in the world do you already know that? Number one and number two, you're going to write a book? Seriously? I just thought that was incredible. But she said she was going to be a writer and she was going to write a book. But, But what I'm trying to say is even at that point, I thought that's something I can't do. I don't know where that Mm. thought came from, but it was there and it was embedded even in my, in my teenage years. So when I've gotten older, now I've written a book. And so, like I'm saying, you just begin to do the things that somehow, some way you've limited yourself from doing and just begin to do them. So you write the book, you start the business, um, begin the podcast, you know, begin the interviewing processes that, you know, others can see, but whatever those things are, um, act in spite of your fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Take the first step. That's what I like to think of. Cause as you said, fight fear, that's taking the first step because there's always going to be something that's trying to hold you back or keep you in fear. But if you can take that first step, then you can overcome it. And it's a process. It's going to take hard work and discipline and all of those things. But taking that first step is what gets us moving forward and gets us unstuck. So I've, um, this has been so wonderful to hear your story and just to extract these truths out of it, of how to go on the journey of emotional healing so that you're not stuck. And, and even though what um, was meant for bad, you know, going through a rape in your 30s, I mean, who would have ever thought that would happen? Right. Uh, but being able to overcome that and, um, and, you know, and be filled with purpose and enjoy life. And like you said, laugh with your kids and, you know, have fun. And that now being able to give back and help others, being able to counsel other women who need that same journey of healing. So mm-hmm. that's just so awesome to see that how you're getting unstuck is now has not only helped you, but is helping so many other people in your community and literally around the country. Mm-hmm. And I should say this because people often ask me, well, what happened in your marriage and your relationship? Um, and so I should share that it was, <laughs> it took a while. It took years actually before that, Uh, relationship was repaired, but my husband and I celebrated 
years uh, just a few weeks ago of marriage and, <laughs> and we have three wonderful kids who are growing up and we are doing well but I want to share that because many times we hear the end of the story without what goes into uh, creating and going into making that end happen. It was a lot of work. And for those of you who might be in relationships where you feel like you're struggling, you might even feel hopeless right now. Um, it was a seven year journey for us. It took a lot of work, but it also took some time for trust to be rebuilt and restored for healing to occur. And so the encouragement is don't be afraid to put in the work but also um, allow time to do what it can do too. You might not see the restoration in a month or two months or six months or a year. So, you know, examine your heart and say, am I, am I committed to this? Um, and so that I'm willing to wait, so that I'm willing to put in the work. Because I'm telling you, if you will put in the work and allow the time to process and to heal, the result is so beautiful. And you'll find that your relationship is stronger, better because of what you've, what you've worked through. Um, but mm -hmm. it does take time and it does take work, but I'm a living witness that it is worth it in the end. Yeah, and thank you for sharing that. The end of the story that, you know, how beautiful the marriage is now and the 20 years that you've celebrated and you all have even done marriage retreats together and have helped so many other couples who have gone through these and other struggles. And so I think that's just such a great moment that we can all um, tap into that there is hope. And if you do the work and you get unstuck, the rewards are, are just, you know, going to blow your mind. Mm -hmm. so. Well, how can our listeners reach you, Chalesta? I have a wonderful website um, called livealimitlesslife.com. So that, again, that's livealimitlesslife.com. You can look me up there. You can fill out information to get a newsletter. You can access information on um, biblical counseling. We also do relationship coaching and personal coaching. And I also help people once they finish their manuscript uh, for their books. I also offer editing services. Or if you are one of those who wants to write a book and find yourself stuck, uh, an another service that we offer is that I'm a writing coach. So there's some wonderful offerings on that. But what I'd really love for people to see, um, it's a community of women. And so there's multiple different blogs. If you find that you're, if you're a wife, if you're a mom, if you're an entrepreneur, there's different blog spots in there and blogs that have been posted so that you can join the Limitless community along with everybody else. And you have a place to share your stories, to provide your comments, to give your uh, advice and tips. Um, so, like I said, livealimitlesslife.com. You can pull it up and see more information about me and the different things that we offer. Those are wonderful resources. So I, I would encourage all of our listeners to make sure you check out livealimitlesslife.com and all the available resources that Chalessa has out there for you. Thank you again, Chalessa, for sharing this time with us. And um, I know it's been a blessing to so many people I uh, want to encourage you just to keep on with your journey. And I know God is not finished yet. He's got more great things in store. So thanks for taking this time and sharing with us. 
Um, and listeners, thank you for joining in today. And I hope that you received some um, nuggets that will help you get unstuck and go beyond stuck. That's the whole hope of um, this podcast. So I hope you've been inspired and encouraged to live a life free of limits and to get unstuck. And we will see you next time on the Beyond Stuck podcast.